Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. We could pretty much go home now, couldn't we? I think the video said it all. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, tonight we're going to deal with some stuff that's going to hopefully help us walk out the door with some tools to be able to deal with real life. Would that be good? I think so. I think that's what church is all about. It's about coming to a place where we can be a community, we can learn some stuff that actually helps us live life on a Monday morning when the kids are screaming and everything's falling to pieces. Are you with me? Excellent. Now, you may not have been locked up in Auschwitz. I know I haven't. Uh, You may not have been through all of the things that J.K. Rowling went through, but I think for all of us, there are these elements of chaos in our life. Now, it might just be that things didn't quite go perfectly as you'd planned it. It might be something a little bit more traumatic, but it seems that chaos is actually a part of all of our lives. And last week we were touching a little bit on how there's this necessary element of chaos whenever we create something new. There's also a necessary element of chaos when we move from one form of order to another form of order. And I think there is this process in life where we move from one form of order to another. And chaos is often the little bit in the middle that we don't really like very much because when things change, it's uncomfortable and unfamiliar. Now, I want to talk a little bit about chaos and order. You may have noticed a slide behind me and I'm going to refer to that in a minute. But first of all, I want to think about chaos. Hands up if you like a bit of chaos. Some of you might like a bit of chaos. Let me expand a little bit. Who likes a little bit of messiness? Who likes spur-of-the-moment decisions where you're just like, let's do that? Or who likes ideas that just come out of nowhere where you're like, yes, inspiration, it's just struck. Who likes gut feelings where you're just like, I just know. They just, they're kind of the, uh, what do we think, the indefinable sometimes. I think chaos sometimes is what makes life a little bit interesting. If everything was just ordered and structured all the time and went the way we thought it should do all the time, life maybe wouldn't be that interesting or maybe not that fun. The funny clip we watched last week was only funny because everything went wrong, wasn't it? And actually sometimes it's in the chaos of life that we look back and we have an absolute giggle afterwards because we're like, oh my, do you remember when that happened, when that thing all fell apart? But we can actually laugh about it later. Maybe chaos says things like, things can be better than this. Let's tear up what we've got and start something new. Chaos says, let's go on an adventure and do something new. Chaos might be the undefined, the undefinable, the mysterious, the unconventional, the unknown. Who likes the sound of a bit of chaos? I think it's one of those necessary things that we kind of like, but hands up if it scares you a little bit, chaos. Because chaos for a lot of us has been a scary, painful process. You with me? Okay, so who likes a bit of order? Okay, we've got a bit more murmuring now. Who likes, wait for it, an organized kitchen? Oh, calm down. Who likes a well-planned party? A structured and efficient project? Confident decisions. Some of us like a bit of order because order kind of is what makes life make sense. Law and order keep us safe to a certain extent. 
order could be the lessons that we have learnt, the daily routines and practices that we know work, the familiar precious traditions that have meaning, the beliefs that we live by and the convictions we would die for. It could be making some decisions, building something, establishing something, finishing something. It's pinning our colours to the mast and not backing down. Who likes a bit of order? So there's a little, often a bit more murmuring for the order, but I think chaos is like the yoghurt. It's like, it's actually the really good juicy bit, but actually order is the yoghurt pot. Now chaos alone can be a mess, but order alone is just empty. But together they fulfill a purpose. Chaos might be the blood and the breath that is flowing around me right now. But order might be the body that I carry that life in. And one without the other just doesn't work, does it? it there is no life without that marriage of order and chaos. Now this slide might be, above me might be making a little bit more sense now because I discovered this word this week, which is chaorder, which is where combina the combination of chaos and order. So tonight we are going on a quest for responsibility. And I think what Joel's going to expand on this later, where responsibility might lie is where chaos and order meet. So the question we want to ask tonight is, what is our responsibility, what is my responsibility, in bringing balance to that chaos that is just inevitable in my life? Chaos is just going to happen. And we probably just need to swallow and accept the fact that life isn't always going to be ordered and structured the way we'd like it to be. But actually, it probably, we probably need that little bit of chaos to push ourselves out of our comfort zone into something new because the messy chaos of life is inevitable. So we need to learn to bring balance and balance is where the life is found and that might just be found by making your bed. Well, making the bed is the first thing I do every day. I get up and I can't do anything else until the bed is made. Does anybody else have that same feeling? Yeah. Who, go on, who leaves the bed? Wow. Amazing. That is, that is true chaos to me. That is chaos to the furthest extreme. Anyway, um, I don't know about you, but all we've heard so far just in the first 19 minutes of tonight, I think has been absolutely great. And I'm really excited about what we're learning. Uh, and I thought Jenny did a fantastic job last week about presenting the understanding of chaos, Claire and Danny, and, and the whole understanding that we basically almost have this... Um, this book that we can write on, you know, it's unwritten, that with the chaos that we experience in life, they really are the tools at which we can create a meaningful existence and experience here on earth. Um, and I don't know whether you can put up um, the slide that Danny had on, be on before, if that's all right. Um, because I think it's a great way of, of looking at life, really. And when we talk about chaos, I just want to, <clears throat> to mention this for a second. Last week, we talked about chaos more with a view of kind of just that life can sometimes be complex and there's a lot going on. I, I'd like to get a little bit more specific, really, with like the first video was. Do you know, some of the things that people are facing in life are absolute horror shows. And sometimes I have to be very careful because I get really emotional about it because I find how some people deal with some of the things that they're facing in life and you think, 
How have you managed to come through the other side? It said in that video, you know, why is it that some people fall and yet others just seem to have this ability to continue? You know, you look at the stories of Auschwitz and all of this sort of stuff, but yet sometimes we can look so back to the past that we forget that we in our own lives You know, I went through a divorce. I've been through other things. I've been through a certain type of upbringing. Some of you will say, well, yes, but you live in the Western world. You know, you've been financially, okay, that doesn't mean that some of the agonies that I've experienced have had the potential to destroy the way I look at the world. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I'm I'm being honest with you tonight. I have. Um, You know, and, and you yourself sat there now will know in your life what is causing chaos for you or has done that either has stopped you from functioning or you somehow have found a way to get through. Now, this is what I want to ring home about tonight because on one side, we have utter chaos. Now, the things that you experience in your life, if we look at the world as a whole, so much goes on and and it can be very unpredictable, right? Let's call that the chaos. We We can in life face massive pain. Let's just be real, okay? Now, if we just look at it like that, that's why people get to the point where they just want to stay in their room and not go out because they think, how can I face all of this uncertainty? So what it leads to is destruction. And like it says down there, apathy, rebellion. People think, well, what does it matter if I do this and that because there's no meaning to any of it anyway. Or on the other side, now, sometimes we look at that and see that as bad. But then on the other side, we have this thing, called really control, which I would say is extreme order. Now, why do you think we have groups like religions? The reason why religion started was because it was to try and deal with what was over on this side of the spectrum. So someone said, you don't need to think for yourself, don't worry, we will offer you a solution to your chaos by saying, here's a book or here's the rules. And it's nice sometimes, isn't it? When someone thinks for you and says, this will keep you secure. But what have we learned at Q? Taking it so far that way for order means you're imprisoned because you can't freely think for yourself. And we've walked that journey for 15 years, realizing actually that isn't that isn't good either. Now, some of you in here will order your life so much And you'll think, well, at least everything's ordered, but inside feel totally imprisoned. Some of you will be living in utter chaos, thinking there's no hope, and are left feeling like your life's destructive. What I would like to do tonight is try and come to a place where, as Danny said, we come to a quest for responsibility. Now, that word responsibility can cause a whole heap of problems because some of you, when it's suggested that we have to take responsibility, we start to feel guilty. So if someone was to say to me, now we'll take responsibility, I think, well, are you trying to blame me for everything that's happened in my life? That's not the angle that we're going down, all right? So get that out of your head. So just a few points because I don't want to talk for too long. A great, I'm going to use a story in the Bible. Now, I believe the Bible is a bunch of books that were written by different people, not necessarily even as some of them might be historically factual, but I believe you can read anything and gain truth from things. I believe that it's more the underlying message and narrative that we can understand. So some of you in here tonight might not have a particular faith, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn something from the text. So there's a story, most of you have heard of the name Abraham. Abraham is told, he's in a place of quite an ordered, secure place. He's told to get up and go to a land that I will show you. Whoa, that's quite a big deal. So he gets up and he goes. 
Now, what's interesting, he goes from order into a place of absolute chaos. I've just put some words here. Tyranny, unrest, deceit, famine, vulnerability, pain, agony. And yet he's still told to go. Now, some of you will have felt, you could even say our journey here at Q. Everything was fairly ordered and yet we were called to walk a particular journey and everything just seems a little bit different than it was before. Now, I believe the Abrahamic story and mission, if you look at it over history, has been viewed as one of the highest levels of faith and divinity. You only need to read the New Testament. It talks about Abraham by faith. We look at Abraham as being this expression of a divine journey. Now, why is that? The world that he was entering was incredibly volatile, chaotic, and negative. And yet the story throughout is showing us that within all of that, we have a tremendous ability to function within this chaos, not only cope within it, but actually flourish. And I'll get onto this a little bit later. We are told that the promised land is amidst all of our chaos. Now, how amazing is that? That there's something within it all that we can access. How can it be possible? Like Danny said, somewhere in the middle of this chart lies a quest for responsibility where we can almost find this meaning within the pain that we experience and the order. So it just, it, it beautifully blends together. I hope it's making sense anyway. The video that we saw at the beginning tonight showed individuals facing such chaos and trauma, but yet somehow they found a way of coming through it. Now, the word responsibility has different effects on different people, yet it's crucial to a fruitful existence here on earth. And could this be that when we take individual responsibility for our lives, that we find the meaning that exists here on earth. I think it's quite exciting. So we're on a quest for responsibility and we're going to get on to concluding that later. Now I'm going to invite Connie and Sarah back up. We're going to sing a piece for you now called Lights and Shadows, which was actually sung for the Eurovision Song Contest a few years back. And... Uh, I remember hearing it and thinking, wow, those lyrics are absolutely amazing. And this song was written by three girls whilst their mother was dying of a particular rare form of cancer. And it was eating her away. Uh, and within it, they felt absolute agony and pain. And yet they realized that every single one of us goes through a blend of light and shadow. And I'd really hope that when you listen to this tonight, you can find um, some sort of peace within it, because I think it's a great expression of really our life story. So sing along if you want, but I hope you enjoy it. Okay, got the right microphone. Um, so when uh, Jenny spoke to me last week and asked me to say something today, there was two sort of things that came to mind. One of them really fits with that film clip. Um, but the other one was that um, when I, before I became a mum, I definitely didn't see myself as an ordered person. Uh, when I, for years running Urban Rev, I couldn't have done it without... Heather and Kelly and their amazing organisational skills. Um, I was not that person. I, was, I didn't live in order. I definitely lived in a small amount of chaos. Um, and that was sort of my way of operating. And I just thought that was my natural go-to way of operating. And then I had a baby... And I found that chaos didn't work for me anymore. <laughs> and I don't know, for those of you who've had babies, for me, I required um, a routine 
Because if I didn't have it, I didn't have hope. I didn't have hope I was going to reach the end of the day. Um, and I, I watched somebody's Instagram story this week where they had posted a picture of themselves and their baby in their baby's pajamas. And they said, oh, we've just done bath and bottle and story and it's now time for bed. And I don't know about anybody else, but I live for this moment because I feel like I've achieved something. I've got to the end of the day. And I definitely, as a new mum, felt like that. That when I got that baby in bed, it was like, I'm breathe. But... What I just then discovered was routine became then my go-to and everything revolved, my entire life revolved around this routine and suddenly this routine that had helped me move forward for a time suddenly became the thing that was stopping me going places, stopping me doing stuff, stopping me connecting with people because I was like, but if she, we're not home by six o'clock, <laughs> that's it, I might die. Like, that was the end. And so I, I realised that actually, for me, chaos didn't work as a mum, but routine on its own didn't work either and I had to find that that place in the middle and I had to admit that it was me that had imposed that routine that I had been the person that had done that and that actually I was the only person that could pull it back to somewhere in the middle um, so the other thing that I thought of that those of you who aren't mums may you know probably nobody can really connect with this I hope um, but I work in a young offenders institute Kelly might connect with this um, and I work for a charity and I go in there and I work with boys who have I would say at least 95% of them have come from incredibly chaotic backgrounds and the chaos in their lives has been part of the leading force to them ending up where they are um, and I work with them 16 weeks post release no pre-release um, they start to see me and um, but from the moment that they get into the institution um, they are th like it's thrown at them this routine and they don't call it a routine they call it a regime which I think says a whole lot about what it is and the purpose behind it but these boys they, these boys need some order and, and I think a lot of them by the time they see me at 16 weeks pre-release they, they're ready to admit we needed some order in our lives it was important and so they throw this regime at them that is so strict there are no clocks <laughs> anywhere so the boys have no idea what time it is at any point without asking maybe if they put their telly on if they've got a telly but they have no idea so they live in this imposed regime that's been put on their lives by somebody else and then they see me 16 weeks pre-release and my job is to um, encourage life skills with them and I'm going to be honest I, this week I felt a little bit like my job was to say don't put that there don't put that there please move that put that in there let's move this don't use that for that let's not eat that let's not put that down our trousers let's take our hands out of our trousers please pull your trousers up like that was my entire week this week um, and for some of those boys that's about learning to use soap it's about learning what goes in what recipe it's about learning how to clean your home and all of that's really really important but a massive chunk of those boys can't function when they get out like red said I don't know how if I'm going to make it on the outside and for a lot of the boys that I work with that is a massive reality they've come from 100% chaos and they've lived with a 100% regime and suddenly they're expected to live and to work that out themselves and so part of my job is to teach them how to function in a dynamic order in an order that says okay chaos is okay but an order is okay and sometimes things change and you've got to learn to live with that and they find that so hard and this last week I've got two boys who are due for release soon and one of them said I don't know how I'll know when it's time to get up that was his that was his comment how will I know when to get up and I thought that's awful like at 18 to say I don't know when to get up like something has gone majorly wrong there and there was another boy I spoke to who said it'll be really weird to open a door by myself and I thought I'd not even thought about that the idea of like just opening a door for yourself and so 
they've become so oppressed by this regime. And, and it, is, it served its purpose, and it was great for them at the beginning. And if the prison system worked, that once they'd got that inbuilt, they were then released, probably they'd be able to sort of fashion it out somehow. But most of them are in there so long that it becomes just their only way. They don't know how else to function. And they get out, and they end up back inside. Because that moment that we read, sort of looking at all this stuff, and he said, I'm finding a way to break my parole. Because they don't know how to let the pendulum sit somewhere in the middle. It's like this, or it's this. And my job predominantly over everything else is about saying to them you need to learn how to make a decision you need to learn how to say this isn't okay or that isn't okay or this works and that doesn't work you need to learn like what what okay feels like what what just a bit daring feels like and what really not okay feels like you need to understand all of those feelings and you know what that's a really hard thing to teach when you also have to learn that yourself and I think all of us on a daily basis I have need to remind ourselves because for me it is so easy to swing back into that I've got to be home at six o'clock every night so easy and it's also so easy to slip into the I've not written anything in my diary for three months and I've no idea what I'm doing tomorrow like those two things neither of them allow me to move forward in my life and make the next step to the next thing so I have to find a middle ground somewhere in the middle and I believe that in the middle of there that's where we find hope and at the end of that clip talked about hope a lot and um, I remember what came to me when I was watching it was Anth talking about hope meaning the last the last word hasn't been spoken and actually if we operate wholly in chaos the last word has been spoken by somebody else on our life in all that chaos. We've not, we're, we're, not, we're not in control. And if we live solely in regime that's been imposed by somebody else, we're not, the last word's been spoken by someone else again. So we need to live somewhere in here where hope exists and where freedom exists because those boys get out and without that understanding of, um, of dynamic order, they're still inside, they're still stuck. What Joel says, right, they still feel like oppressed and stuck and actually they end up back in an actual institution again. And so we all... We all need to live in that place. And that's, it's really hard. It's really hard to find the place where that pendulum just sits comfortably in the middle. Because actually, some points, it swings a bit this way and some points a bit this way. So I, I watched that film clip and I think Red was really brave because he knew that making some decisions might have an impact. It might break his parole. It might do this. But you know what? He had a hope for something more. And he knew that in order to move forward in his life, to move on to the next step, he had to be brave enough to say, chaos exists in my life and so does order. And somewhere in the middle of that, I'm free. So when Beth mentioned earlier about how um, she works with these young boys who uh, are kind of on the cusp of coming back into society, and you said how um, when they then go back into that world, they find just the whole thing just too much to face. And then I was thinking, well, in a way, they're having that get up and go moment out there. They're being told, right, you're coming to the end of this order now, get up and go. And it sounds all well and true, but if the security of what they've had almost is better than you could say living in the, the real world, uh, why, would you ever, why would you ever leave that? But what if the antidote to this chaos was the understanding that we have the ability to make our beds? We have the power to make our beds. We have the ability to take responsibility and make our own decisions of how we are going to respond to everything that life throws us. Now, you know, again, just another personal thing. For me, being able to make your own decisions and stand on your own two feet is a powerful thing. It's like something that you feel actually I've been able to make that decision for myself. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the decision's always right. But it just means that you take responsibility for where you are. And I believe within that, 
you start to find the meaning of everything. So you think, well, yes, I did go through that, but because I've made some decisions of how I'm going to now live my life, for some reason, all of it starts to make a little bit more sense. Uh, let's have a look. Last few points. <clears throat> so what does it mean to take responsibility in the chaos? I don't want any of you walking out of here tonight feeling, well, he said I've got to take responsibility, therefore I need to feel ashamed or guilty for where I am. Honestly, it's not that at all. It's the ability to reveal the best of ourselves in times that sometimes feel terrible. I honestly believe that every single human being has the light shining within them. We have a light within us. Instead of becoming bitter about the situation, we become an overwhelming force for good in the world. How fa Do you not find it interesting that the majority of stories that become the force for good in the world are people who have faced extreme pain, and yet within it said, I'm going to take responsibility in this situation, whatever I'm faced with, I'm going to make some decisions, and then within that, they become this shining light for the world. And I want you tonight to understand that your story, whatever that may, might, might be, can be a shining light for the world. And that is where meaning is found. It's absolutely incredible. The overarching story of the Abraham, of the Abraham narrative, despite all we face, all our flaws, Abraham wasn't a perfect man. This was not about a person who was perfect. All our flaws, all the flaws of others, if we take responsibility and get up and go, we will find meaning and we will still prevail. That is seriously good news, isn't it? That we will still prevail. Because often it's nothing to do with what's going on, it's to do with how we're responding to the situation. I believe that the journey, and really you could say, if, if we're going to go out of this world, will be, I faced everything head on, and, and, I, did, and I didn't become bitter. Isn't, wouldn't that be an amazing thing? To live your life not feeling bitter, but saying, no, I was willing to make decisions and find meaning in everything that I experienced. Now what's incredible, the story of Abraham and Sarah ends up with them having a son at a very old age which you could say it, is, it was impossible. Now, so what is, what is the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The something to the something. That helps, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, like the symbol to the story is that all things are truly possible in everything that you face. You might not believe that, but all things only become possible when we start in a way by making our bed. Because if we just sit and look at the chaos, nothing is ever going to get done. You in your hands have the keys by such small, simple things. And I wrote this at the end. I thought this was quite interesting. I really believe that our potential as people and humans is limitless. I think it's limitless. We've seen it in history. I see it with you, how our potential is limitless. If we just give 10% more in the taking responsibility and decision-making in our life, not swinging it so far that way that we become so rigid and so rule-dominated that we feel bound, but neither and allow ourselves to surrender to this side. Even if we just increased our responsibility by 10% in our decision-making, just imagine what we could achieve and what we could do in our lives. Some of you will feel so utterly helpless that you feel that there's nothing that can be done. Well, I can tell you tonight that is not true. And the reason why I know it's not true is because like that video said at the beginning, people have proved otherwise. And you can't say, yeah, but no, no, no. If you look at their stories, they, you could say they were the extreme of the extreme. And yet they still came out standing saying all things are possible. So the message of tonight is if we are willing to take responsibility, not for 
not feel guilty, not take responsibility for everybody else, but take responsibility for the decisions that we are choosing to make. We might change our mind tomorrow. That's fine. I honestly believe you will start to feel and find what the meaning of your life and the meaning of life is. And I honestly believe that that's when we start to create the most incredible world around us. By first making our bed, we will start to see everything change as we move forward. I hope that's really helped you tonight. We're going to finish with a fantastic solo from... Connie, she's going to do Defying Gravity from Wicked. Absolutely incredible. This is all about all the restrictions, all the rigidities, all the pains we might face. We're going to not allow it and we're going to be free, aren't we? Be free in the world. And, and again, keep talking. Talk about the things that you're facing because even Q without you on a, on a Sunday afternoon, you have the opportunity to show how you've taken responsibility in a potentially chaotic part of your life. Someone else might hear that and think, how did they make their bed whilst X? They might think, well, maybe I can get up and make my bed in spite of X. And you could be a force for inspiration for them. So I'll leave it with Connie. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.